Welcome, welcome to the Shopway Show, guys. I'm so happy that you have joined me this evening. It is 7 p.m. on the East Coast, which means you have to look at my mug. That is the rules. So now you must look at my mug today, and I appreciate you joining me this evening. There is something I I do want to say off the bat um, that I did not say last night that I should have to my, my friend, Ryan. You lost your dog, Nola. I didn't see the note while I was scrolling through all of the comments, and I apologize. And I want to let you know that I am sorry for your loss. I've lost three dogs of my own in my life. And when you lose a dog, any pet, but in my world, dogs, it really is, they leave a hole when they're gone. And I really hope you're able to heal. I know that Nola knew the show and listened to me, so I appreciate that. So I hope sometimes when you are looking at Nola, or even talking about about her that in the real near future you will have um you'll have a whole lot more thoughts of joy than loss that is my hope so no more of the sad stuff Ryan I love you brother I hope you're watching I got to change the, totally I am very lucky today guys like super lucky I have with me a man who I respect and there's very few of them I'm joking a man who I respect a man who I actually like a man who has done so much in California and across the country for the Libertarian Movement, Libertarian Party. He is a former mayor and now a county supervisor of a county of over 2.5 million people. Yes, this is a heavy hitter that we have. And he is running for governor of the great state of California, the man himself, Jeff Hewitt. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. And thank you so much for that kind introduction, Larry. Uh, absolutely. I'm happy that you're here. And I want to touch a spot that is controversial off the bat. And that is vaccines in your area. You you actually talked about the idea of vaccines for votes and that your governor, who's almost as bad as my governor, uh, your governor actually was using vaccines in a way almost to get votes. Help me understand that. Well, okay, so the vaccine thing out here, it's basically, we are still basically having rules where if you work in a workplace and Uh you can't show that you've been fully vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask, even Mm. though that mask is supposed to protect protect other people from you having it and and everybody else has been vaccinated. So, so vaccines are like a mania out here. And and for some reason, he doesn't feel good until he has vaccinated every man, woman, and child from probably down to zero, a bre- right. born baby. I mean, th- this is vaccine mania. So what they've done, they've done the same thing as what they tried to do with uh, voter registration. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they not only motor voter, but they had at one time they're talking about doing a lottery. And I listened to our current senator now, um, Alex Padilla, when he was the uh, secretary of state. He wanted to do something where you could win up to $25,000 if you just voted, you know. Oh, oh no, this is so they they got vaccine. You know, so what they've done is they took $116 million of our taxpayers hard earned money. And they said, look, we're going to give 10 people one point six million dollars in this one um, Mm -hmm. drawing. That's a lot of money. One point six million dollars. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of them, like 50,000, but you had to go get vaccinated and then your name went in for this drawing. 
So, you know, it's now but, they've got- But hold on, you're, you're not anti-vaccine. I mean, you did something that, I mean, almost blows my mind. You actually were concerned about the actual science behind everything, and you actually did an antibody study. Was this in your county? Yes, in, in July of uh, 2020, you know, we're, we're going full speed on this, this pandemic. And, right. and, and everybody's coming out and saying our fatality rate is somewhere like the number of people that died divided by the number of confirmed cases. That doesn't mean anything. Confirmed cases were only people that did feel sick. They went in and got whatever. But you right. know what? I said, let's do an antibody study. And I got my public health department to do that. And wow. so we, we, we did it the most squared away. It's a gold standard of antibody studies. We did a double blind study where it was totally random from people five years on up to, you know, a hundred. And, uh, and we did it with the only FDA approved antibody test, which was a blood draw. You get it down mm-hmm. to the serum and then they do it in a laboratory. It came out. I actually predicted two weeks before we drew, I said, it's going to be between 3% and 11% in prevalence. And I think it's going to be right around 6%. After we had the two year, two weeks later, my public health director came to me, who's an epidemiologist. And she mm-hmm. said, who are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm your supervisor, you know? And she said, it was 5.9%. You guessed 6%. Wow. And I told Kim, I said, look, I took all the same classes you did in school. Oh, I, you have a degree in biology, don't yes, you? I, I have a bachelor of science in, in, in biology. But I said, I got the highest grade in those classes. <laughs> and I said, look, this is, this is not rocket science. This is life science. And, right. and so anyway, it showed us that that, you know, infection fatality rate was instead of being three or four percent, it was it was a fraction of one percent. Sure. And so that that was that was really important to do. But listen, I had a lot of pushback, had a sure. lot of back from uh, a, a lot of the Democrats in the state because they wanted to push the fear factor. And as I long see. as they made this seem more like Ebola and less like a serious disease, but closer to what, the, you know, the, the seasonal flu was, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's a serious disease. Right. Um, sure. But but we still want to have the facts. And I believe the taxpayers and our citizens should know the truth. They can handle the truth. Unlike well, it's funny what government. you said. You've said that that if I remember right, please correct me if I'm wrong. You said that you were concerned about covid, but you realized that it really affected the elderly far more than the youth. And if I remember right, you actually said the youth the younger ones are actually safer from COVID than the flu. Did I did I get you right on that or no? Yeah, you know it, it, the the serious illnesses amongst you know people under eighteen are so rare. This is you know the, what we saw. In fact, in Riverside County, seventy three percent of all the fatalities have been in people over sixty five. Mm. You know, the percentage of the population that's over sixty five is only sixteen percent. So it's totally heavily. And then those that were under 65 usually were those that had, uh, you know, uh, underlying conditions or whatever. Sure. Obesity or, uh, you know, diabetes, heart disease, whatever. So um, this look again, I don't want to say that this is not a serious disease. It is a serious. Of course. You, I, you did an antibody study. Clearly, you thought it was a serious disease. Oh, yeah. yes. And, and, and my ultimate compliment was from uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya who some of, some of your listeners might know who that is. He's, 
He's the, the, the world-renowned epidemiologist that teaches at the Stanford Medical School. And he was one of the co-authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. You know? And he said, Jeff, he goes, how did you get your county to do that study? Because I couldn't get Santa Clara to do it up here. And I said, Jay, I'm a supervisor. <laughs> you know, <that's> <laughs> there we go. Yes. You work in, a, in a, you know, and, and again, I, listen, he is he's he's a bright guy. He has a Ph.D. in economics, too. So, oh, you know, nice. The whole picture. Yeah. Got it. So let me grab a couple of comments if I could. Are you OK with some comments? Sure. Mickey loves you. He says, Hewitt for California, make Cali gold again. I like that. I love that. So he's behind you. So that's great. So Daniel Hayes says, I didn't even know he did an antibody study. And that's what I was saying should be done. Well, there we go. I love that. Jimmy says, Larry, thanks for having him on. I had not, I think that's heard of this candidate yet. We need to get him in our circle of podcasters. Yes. And for those of you who are interested in what Jeff is doing, you see it on the bottom. Head over to Hewitt4CA.com. If you're in California and you're not supporting him, I don't know what's you have a problem. Like you need to be supporting him for sure if you're in California. If you've got the cash, donations wonderful. If you don't, he needs volunteers too. So you can help him with volunteers or cash, whatever works best for you. If you're not in California, he could still use your cash. Right. And of course, he could always use um volunteers on his uh, on his social media and such. So, yes, um, I know Jeff well, and I think it's a great idea. Yes. So Tom says, thank you for that study. We've been literally scaring people to death over this virus. Sometimes I think on purpose. Hmm. There we go. And Michelle literally asked, where can I go help slash volunteer? She says she's in the neighboring county. Well, Michelle, you can. Hewitt4ca.com. You can click there to donate to volunteer. You can make that happen. Absolutely. 100%. Um, Libertarian Kim says, great discussion. So I want to move on if I could. Sure. And you've said that your campaign is heavily about innovation. That's been your thing. Like, And you and I in the past, to be uh, what kind of, I'm letting people know some inside baseball. We've talked about this in the past. This is not a new thing for you. You've been talking about innovation literally for years. But now I see you're, you're pushing it, and you're pushing it in kind of three areas that I think most Californians are going to get completely, and some others will too. But the first one's water. Tell me about that. So, so water is, it's kind of interesting because it is one of the most simple uh, molecules we have in life, and it's certainly one of the most important. But innovation is where we take, California is, is a very diverse state. It's a very huge state. And the North has there's areas of the north that has way that have way too much water and most of it goes out to the ocean and then in the south we're considered a desert in fact we have some really mm. big deserts down here but we have a lot of people living in the southern in southern california so uh back in the 1960s the first uh, jerry brown you know uh edmund mm-hmm. g brown uh did a very very uh, ambitious project and he did the the, the 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 state water project and he brought canals down to uh, Southern California, they built, you know, the Oroville Dam and some other reservoirs and such. And it allowed at that time, you know, there was 20 million people in, in California. Today, there are 40 million people. Right. Double now. The state has not built one new reservoir in 50 years. And, wow. you know, it's, listen, it's it's crazy because California, for the first time this year, actually shrank 
that's the first time it's yep. it's been grow. But but nevertheless, we have a, we have a wonderful climate, and all we have to do is manage that water. There's plenty of water in the state nice. as a whole. But what's happened is not just this uh, administration with Governor Newsom, but several administrations before have totally ignored doing something about the need for water right. because in wet years we have plenty. In fact, we have too much, and we need to capture it and keep it in storage. And without the proper storage and the proper conveyance system and keeping that conveyance system up, picture uh, a canal or this conveyance system or whether they're pipes going through mountains or whatever else. Mm -hmm. They're like our highways. You know, we need to keep those up because water is more important than even getting down to the store. But but at the end of the day, um, we can do this. In fact, it's um, $31 billion is what it would take to do everything, you know, build the entire state. Oh, we could do the sites reservoir. We could do another couple of big reservoirs. We could bring up our conveyance system. We could add 10 foot to the Shasta Dam. We could be set so that the next drought that comes through. And of course, we're in the second year of a really bad one right now. Right. But uh, we would be fine. Droughts wouldn't hurt us. We would have that. But none of these uh, governors or administrations have had the will to take on the extreme the extreme environmental forces that keep us from doing Uh, it. I was asking, I was going to say to myself, uh, it it feels like a no brainer, right? When you say it feels like a no brainer, right? Why would you're going to make jobs? It feels like a great thing. So it's an environmental lobby. Is that what the issue is? It's so you've got, you know, look at there's good environmentalists. I think everybody, especially the newer generations, they want to see us have clean water, clean air, open space. They don't want to see any endangered species go off the map because we didn't give a good chance to keep them around. Um, yep. And that's fine. You know, we can have enough water to to keep our salmon and our delta smelt and all these things. But we need to pursue a a, a policy of abundance instead of scarcity. Mm. So what happens is the government comes in and says, you all must ration your water use. Well, you know, residential use is about 4.3% of the entire thing. And if you cut it back 20%, that's not going to do hardly anything. You got or, guys got a big almond problem there, don't you, in California? Like almonds and tomatoes and all kind of stuff you guys got, right? Well, you got all kind almond, of stuff you grow there. The poor almond gets 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 a lot of hatred. I mean, we we sell most of the almonds for the entire world. And, you know, they're in China. They use, you know, so much in all their. But but, you know, it's we have enough for all those agricultural uh, needs. We have enough for the residential needs and we have enough for the environmental needs. But there's mm. just not the will to sit down and tell these extreme environmental groups. I'm sorry. People are more important to us because, see, all they care about, they don't want any more people coming to California. They'd like to run half of them out. I want to add one thing, though. The reason why I use the term 31 billion, it is coincidentally the same size, the same number as what our uh, um, uh, employment development department, the EDD, actually wasted in fraudulent unemployment benefits over the last year. 31 billion. They went to prisoners. They went to Nigerian princes, all these people all over. I mean, if we would have just cleaned up our unemployment claims, we would have plenty enough money to fix our water. That's how crazy it is. I, I, the the unemployment claims has been a thing I've been hearing about all up and down New York State, California, all over the place. Absolutely. So you're telling me that there's two pieces of this, if I get it. One is being able to handle the environmental, the, the far uh, uh, harsher environmentalists. And 
somehow being able to find that $31 billion in the budget. Those are the two big things. Yeah. And, and, and we have that in the budget. Like I say, there's just so much waste. And that was one, that was just one example. Sure. Sure. So uh, does that mean that you're going to make the extreme environmentalists unhappy or does that mean you can negotiate or does that, in other words, clearly now if governor Newsom, your, your governor is kowtowing to them, they have something over him, whether they're giving him money or whether they're, you know, you know, scared he's going to yell. They're going to yell on Twitter and cancel him. Is 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 the issue that you aren't concerned about the money that I give you money anyway? Is I mean, what what why is it that you are going to be able to go? Look, we're going to deal with this. I, I think he has a lot of support from them. And mm-hmm. uh, and remember, a lot of times, um, you know, a, a good leader tells people what they need to hear. Sure. Not what they want to hear. And, right. and 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 like I say, he's someone who doesn't want to they can be very, very noisy and very, very, you know. And and so for me, again, I'm not my main concern are human beings. You know, sure. I, look, at I'm on three different habitat conservation programs. The largest one in the United States with the Western Riverside uh, Regional Conservation Authority. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm on these boards and we take care of open space and we get. You know, we keep over 200 uh, species of animals going that probably wouldn't make it if we didn't have these programs. But I'll mm. tell you what, there is a balance. And this is way out of whack. I mean, we are having these huge droughts. We have people living here now. They need that. We need it for more houses. We have to have yep. water service agreements. We need water for everything. So a combination of and remember our technology, getting back to innovation, mm. we have machines now that can build these dams. Like, yes, almost overnight. It's just all the red tape. And that's why I've reached it's that, out. It's that bricklayer type machinery stuff. I remember that. Oh, it's it's just, we got we just got really great stuff. But but the thing is, is that I reached out to so many of the uh, Native American tribes in California, too. And there's quite a few and they quite a few of them have done very well with uh, gaming and hospitality and such. And so I've said, look at you guys, if you've got these canyons that are not sacred burial grounds or whatever, Let's go ahead and look at making some of those because you could do something on 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 a sovereign nation on an, an Indian reservation so much easier than you can do it mm. in the regular public because we see it in New York so too. Much yep. red tape. So it takes you years to get something through through one uh, government agency. You know, yep. so we can't do that. We need to get this done. There's been too much now where people have thrown their hands up and said, "Up." Oh, I'm sorry. Another big issue is the largest inland sea in the United States is the Salton Sea. The Salton Sea is now uh, shrinking because they mm. cut off in 2018. It doesn't get any more water from the uh, Colorado River. And it's it's got a huge health problem with so many people that live there north of it. And these these are the people that are, that are, that are most vulnerable. They're, they're very, very economically challenged neighborhoods right. and stuff. And you've got this deadly dust blowing around. So it, it's, a, it's a huge health problem. We could go ahead right now and, and put in a canal from uh, the top of the Sea of Cortez in Mexico and, and, and cure the problem. But there's wow. not the political will to go down there and work that out. So, you know, let me stay in that world for a little bit. I got a couple of questions. Sure. David is asking a question about forest management and reducing wildfires, right? Old growth, cleaning dead trees right. and such. 
Any view on that? I mean, wildfires are a, a, a clearly a big deal in your state, and I'm sure they're affecting water and affecting the environment and affecting the air and all those things. Sure. So, you know, wherever we're at in the United States, uh, we have uh, cities that always have us, you know, uh, mow down our, our dry areas, keep a defensible space around our houses if we're out in the interface with wildlife or something with, with, where wildfires are a real problem. Governor Newsom, when he first came in in 2018, said, I've got Cal Fire is going to clear 90,000 acres, which was still just a drop in the bucket compared to over a million acres that need to be cleared. Wow. But over he a million. Took credit for clearing 90,000 acres. And then Cal Fire came out and said, well, he cut back the money and we only did 13,000. So he makes these claims. And then he does a fraction of what it is. And then we lose towns like Paradise. The entire town, mm. 85 people died. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of homes gone. And and a lot of this, and I'm not saying Forest Clearing would have, caught, you know, saved everything. But it's a big part of it. And, of course, yeah. we need to do that. And even if we need to get, I'll tell you what, volunteer. You know, it's amazing. When um, you you're you're people, speaking my language, Jeff. You let people get out. Just like 70% of the firefighters in the United States, they're not paid. They're volunteers because they want to protect their communities, their own yes. homes. And so if you got all these young people now that are tired of being cooped up inside, watching Netflix and, uh, you know, playing video games, get them out there. We can clear out all these areas, you know, with just a little bit of guidance. Uh, the government costs on that would be just a fraction. And uh, we let people voluntarily you know, clean up and, and make these areas a lot safer. So, yes, that, that's a good question, and, and it's a big problem. And this year is projected to be the worst in our history. Well, it looks like Jim Parker says, California resident here, you have my vote. That's one you got at least. So there we go. Hopefully, uh, hopefully a whole lot right more. There. <laughs> Tommy Brown is asking about cybersecurity. He's asking if you feel there's anything special, particularly on the water supply, but other things, obviously things like pumping stations and things of that sort. Do you have, I mean, everyone's scared about cybersecurity now, right? With the pipeline that happened in the East Coast and all that stuff. Do you have a, a policy or a view on cybersecurity for something like a state, you know, not national, more like that? You know, my plan is to obviously, we, we've got some of the best and most brilliant minds right here in the United States and certainly out in California. Yep. I mean, look at uh, Silicon Valley, 100%. That is been, you know, the birthplace is so much tech. But in fact, we just lost, uh, you know, one of the pioneers in that whole, you know, cybersecurity and in John Mackey, yes. who just right. uh, passed away this last week and stuff. And, you know, a, a very famous libertarian. But we we have to stay vigilant all the time. And 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 we can't we can't. We, that's money well spent that yeah. if our cyber people you know, our encryptions are, are better and everything else. But I'm going to tell you what something else we need to do. We need to have a backup plan, just mm -hmm. like if, you know, your starter goes out. But this is going to sound a little bit crazy. But on those early cars, you had the crank start, you know, on the mm -hmm. or whatever. And then they put electric, uh, you know, starting motors on there. But for a long time, they had both. So if you're starting, oh, right. you could just go out there and you could still, you know, start that motor up. We need to have almost some manual um, override type things that this is very complicated. I realize that. 
but we have to have a backup system so that if a ransomware or some other type of hacking gets in there, um, it doesn't it doesn't shut us down. Absolutely. And, yes, and absolutely. I will, pushing, I will be pushing for those, you know, very, very. Uh, you made t- you made Tommy's day. He's a like what a hair. He's a brush of fresh air. So, yeah, see, you, you, you made him happy. That's good. Yes. Um, looks like Dick says the same thing. She says everything this guy is saying sounds completely unreasonable to me. I don't understand why people find it so difficult to get on board with libertarian concepts. I agree with you, Dixie. 100%. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Ed says, fraud and waste. Sounds like um, some of what I saw in New York State Service. I left that. So much mismanagement. I can't wait to come to your state soon with my job of training military personnel. So I guess Ed's going to come visit you. Yeah. You look at, um, here's the thing. And, and, and that other comment was, was very good about, you know, when we look at the bureaucracy, the bureaucracy, yep. you know, government agencies, all the layers that we have of government in not only the, the local, but state and federal. I mean, there's just so many layers to that onion and, you yes. know, being a small time businessman for most all my life and then getting into the very bowels of the beast, so to speak. Um, I'm going to tell you, most people that work for the government are very good people. They're just like yeah. you and I. I mean, you know, and a lot of them are our neighbors and everything. The problem is, is the way that it's set up, it doesn't have that hidden hand of competition like we do mm-hmm. in the private sector. So what happens, there's a culture of when you go out there and you really want to make a difference, you're kind of beat up for it, so to speak. Right. You know, and uh, and so a lot of times people just get in there and they serve out their time trying not to, to rock the boat and stuff. But there's some amazing people in government. I, that's what I will be doing as uh, the chief executive for the state is letting those real uh, those real stars get back out there and, and get doing what they can do. Because, look, it, we don't need government for doing all the things that we're forcing upon us right now. But the things that we do ask of it, we want it to be done the most efficiently and um, and obviously uh, taking the least amount of our hard earned money to fund it. Absolutely. Now, guys, if you're hearing this and you're liking it, and a lot of you are, I see the comments coming in, then head on over to Hewitt. That's two T's. That's the cool way of spelling it. Hewitt4ca.com. And if you you think you want to support this man, that's awesome. You can donate right there. If you live in California, I don't know why you wouldn't. You know, go ahead and, and, and make that donation. And if you think, look, I don't have enough cash right now, no worries. Some people aren't in a good spot. He still needs volunteers. He needs, you know, people who are going to do sign waves, who are going to knock on doors, who do phone calls, all those cool things. And if you want to get involved in a serious campaign that's coming this year, this is a recall right now this year. You can go help him out. He needs it. If you don't live in California and you got a bunch of cash, throw some his way. If you don't, no worries. He needs volunteers online too. People are make the, the meme wars are real, guys. He needs meme warriors. He needs them. People share his content. All those things, absolutely. So I want to grab, Lars says, Jeff would love to hear about your ideas on homeless, drug addiction, mental health crime. That's a lot. So I'm going to cut it a little bit if I could. Because I know one of the things you talked about, and Lars, we'll get to the other ones. But one of the things you, you one of you talked about, uh, things you talked about with innovation was housing. To include the idea of how do we deal with homelessness, also how do we build that's a big deal for you. So let's touch that. Where does how does that innovation fit in with building and homelessness and such? So right now, California has a huge housing crisis. In other words, the median price for a, for a home 
right now in California, the median price is $800,000. Wow. That's New York City prices. No, that it's crazy. Right here in Riverside wow. County, I believe it's up over 500000 right now. And we're one wow. of the cheaper counties to live in. So in the in the Bay Area, it's over $1.4 million, blah, blah, blah. But, but we have a shortage. A lot of that is driven by the fact that there's more demand than there is supply. So why are they so expensive to build here? There's a lot of builders that will not even build in California. Yes. In Texas and Arizona and Idaho, and they're just loving it. They're building fine homes. They can make a little bit of money, get out of there. Can't do that in California because for one, one thing, in my county alone, it's $85,000 to $100,000 just in developer impact fees that you have to pay up front before you even take one scoop of dirt out to start digging the footing. Um, wow. This is crazy. So so what I will be doing is looking at that process, getting that streamlined, getting our California Environmental Quality Act or CEQA streamlined so it doesn't take so darn many years and have so many places where everybody and their mother, including some of those uh, you know extreme environmental groups, to sue, sue, sue and hold something up. But also innovation and technology comes in with we've got 3D printed houses now that we can make much, much more efficiently. And look at all the innovations that's come with 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 using these old um, uh, containers. Containers. Oh, yes. I mean, no, there's there's all kinds of these phenomenal things that we could get there and get at least caught up because getting back to homeless and his original uh, question there is a certain percentage now. We're seeing it more and more of people that are either living in their car or they just pitch a tent. Or some of them are families. They can't even afford to rent an apartment, certainly not buy a house. And, this is crazy. Uh, I want to bring this piece up. Most people think of the homeless person as the, the, the older vet who's living on the street and begging for money. That's the image. And that is a part of a homeless population. But there's always a big chunk that's actually working poor. Yeah, and, and and those are the easiest for us in government to take care of. The ones that really, you know, they're, they're, they've got a job or whatever, but they just can't even, so they're really homeless. Those are the ones we want to take care of, we need to take care of first. There's another group, why we're on homeless too, that have um, mental health issues or, or drug addiction is, issues, substance abuse. And um, look at we we in California, uh, especially in Riverside County, it turns out that there's this thing called the 91 reorg. This is getting in the weeds a little bit, but we don't get our fair share of per capita for for behavioral health dollars from the state. They favor ah. local counties and they get a lot more per capita. And I guarantee you, we've got just as many crazy people in our county as anybody else, as evidenced by the fact that I won this election. That's a joke. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here's here's what it is. We look at this kind of stuff and and there are a certain amount that we can deal with. And a lot of those need to need to have treatment. They need to be able to be in a rehab uh, to have any chance at all. And then there's that other group. They just want to be out and camping and don't mess with me. And those we just need to make sure that they're not taking up our, our, our city parks and such to sure. where, you know, we all pay our taxes. So our kids can go out. We can enjoy those. So we need to, you know, get down and, and maybe move them out to some areas where they're not impacting other people, but they still have an ability to live. But look, we're never going to get rid of completely all homelessness. They've always sure. had homelessness. But these easier groups, we need to take care of right way. Got it. I, lo I love it. It's great. So I, I guess um, you, you've touched the homeless piece. 
you've touched how to build more. And my assumption then is you're saying if we're able to get more of the, the I guess, lower hanging fruit to get them housed, then we can take any resource to deal with those people who are really in trouble. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. And, and even with those that are in that second group that I was talking about that, that need a lot of help, more than yep. just having a place to live you know, and, and a job. There's plenty of jobs right now. Anybody that says they don't have a job, they don't want a job. They're, they're every business all over California. They're just looking for bodies to come in. They'll pay you. But, but, at, but, but see, we've had what we call these pallet houses that are these mm. smaller houses. They cost about $9,000 a piece. Um, you know, someone that's homeless, they get a place, they can lock it up, they can sleep in there safely and stuff. And you'll put about 20 or 25 of those together. And then they set up a, uh, you know, showers and some, uh, some bathrooms. And, but you not only have to have that, but you have to have a nonprofit or something come in and actually maintain that and, right. and have those services and keep track of people and say, hey, you know, we've got, you know, we've got these services. We can get you get in there and talk to behavioral health and we, we can do sure. this addiction and things like that. Um, those those make uh, those make a lot more sense in the long run. And you're not spending seven hundred thousand dollars a unit like they do with Garcetti in L.A., which is just ridiculous. Absolutely. Well, Lars is happy. He says that's genius. The sovereign nations owning water dams, pure genius. Oh, he likes you. Uh, so good that the indigenous nations uh, could control the war. I love that. By the way, Lars is in California. So there's a, there's a voter for you. I love that. There we go. I love it. Very good. Yes. So let me grab a couple more here. Um, uh, let's see here. Philip thinks that they're already winning. He says he left and not coming back. Oh, Philip, you got to come back when he wins. When when Jeff wins, you got to come back, Philip. Come on now, don't walk away. <laughs> you know, Philip. I my wife and I uh, we went up to see a, a farmer up in Los Banos a, a few weeks ago, and uh, you know, talk to him, see what those uh, issues were with with the drought, especially. And um, we drove down the California coast from from Monterey all the way down to Ventura County. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I hadn't been there in a while. It is it is a phenomenally big state that's just so beautiful. And you just realize, wow, you know, it's got the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. Um, it's it's a wonderful state. It's a shame that we're letting people ruin it and, and drive it into abject poverty and and, yeah. and, and, and making. I feel your pain, Jeff. Oh, yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah, <laughs> I feel your pain. Hunter asked, what would you say is the biggest issue? That is facing California. Is there one biggest issue? I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people are worried, and and that could be a kind of loaded question. But do you think there's one biggest issue? You, you know, there are just so many big issues. So I, I mentioned, a, yes, mentioned obviously water's right up there near the top, and so certainly the housing crisis, and then um, the one we'll talk about in a minute uh, is right up there. But pensions. Uh, oh, California in its public employee pensions right now, when you add them all up, it's about a trillion dollars in unfunded liability. That wow. means there's, oh, just about a trillion dollars for people that have already earned a certain yep. amount of pensions. That's not going down the road. That's that's their short on that. So the pension crisis, they call it a tsunami as it goes on. Right now, everybody's taking a little bit of a deep breath because the stock market did so phenomenally well this last right. 
last year. And I can't believe it. You know, you print up $6 trillion worth of new funny money, dump <laughs> it in there and stocks go. Who knew? Who All knew? You could just, yeah, I print up extra money. I love money, it. Dump it in there and then stocks go up in value. I must've been a genius that came up with that one. But anyway, um, I love that. This is this is going to be the key issue going forward, and I'm I'm the only one uh, that has really really been working hard in that certainly in my county, and that's part of the reason why I, I got some uh, notoriety back in uh, 2017 when I was the mayor of a small city, and I formed my own fire department, kicked you know Cal Fire and, and Fire Firefighters Union out of my city, and uh, we created a fire department with bigger staffing. It was a million dollars a year less in a small city, and it has sustainable defined contribution or 401k pensions. So nice. those things are, look at, I think down the long run, look, I, I don't want to put my kids and grandkids into bondage. I don't want them to be so drowned under debt, you know, yep. that, that, that they'll have nowhere to go and they'll say, wow, what did grandpa and what did dad do? And, and right. all of my generation, we have to start thinking, you know, uh, morally, what, what's the moral thing to do instead of a delayed gratification, like printing up $6 trillion of funny money. Absolutely. In the well, last Josh year. Josh says, yep, I work with several former California builder remodelers in Colorado. Also, Josh is telling you that. Yeah, he's with you. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people have gone to Colorado, too. You know. Absolutely. Although Robert Paul says Jeff Hewitt for the win. Look at that. He's uh, he's behind you. I love it. That's good. Uh, Tom says, I wish I could vote for him, but I'll do my part in getting the word out. So you got some people trying to help help you out here. Here's a question, though, from Richard. It's, it's a tough question. High information voters watching are convinced. But how do we convince low information voters to vote Hewitt? That's a that's a very good. One. Like, how do you get the message out? to more low information voters, people who are kind of looking for, I guess, more like the sound bite or something like that or, or that kind of thing? Okay, so the, the, I think what people call that, what's your elevator pitch? Ah, okay. Right? Um, California has the highest total tax burden of all the 50 states in the nation. Wow. We have some of the worst roads, we have drowning, uh, you know, pension debt, and we have someone who just wastes our money on dream vacations if you'll go get a vaccination. Um, part of it is, too, that, you know, like without water, homes, and educational choice, a society will decay and go into tyranny. Those mm -hmm. are all very important things. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the state in the different direction. And if you think there's any doubts, we are raising on July 1st, I believe another six cents in taxes. It goes up every year. Uh, our gas tax is the highest. Mm. I, okay, and, and that's something that hits people right there. We're, we're gonna be yep. paying $5 a gallon right away. It's all, well over four now in California. Right. And all right. things hit. That's something that hits people automatically. And, and, I'm not going to say low information, but a lot of people that work all the time and don't have as much time to, to sure. A lot of those are, are field workers and, and service industry workers uh, that don't speak very much English. And mm. so I will be speaking Spanish to them. I will be talking about how libertarian values 
are uh, values that so many of the immigrants embrace when they come to this country. Yes, absolutely. They, they don't want to wait in line and get an entitlement check. They want to show what they can do. They, yes. you know, they came here and they, they came from a country that didn't allow them to, to, to thrive and, and show how good they are at the American dream. And I think Got that's what's so important. And, and when I talk about that, a lot of uh, Latinos have that strong nuclear family. Uh, yep. These are all things that are very important to libertarians and a lot of conservatives in that respect. Now, but you you actually spent time in, in what, Mexico? Is that right? Yeah, I, I spent uh, a, a good portion of my childhood between the ages of 10 and 16 in a small fishing village, probably right out of a John Steinbeck novel on the Sea of Cortez. And uh, But it wasn't until the 80s uh, when I, I had uh, mostly workers from Guadalajara uh, digging mm-hmm. swimming pools, and uh, and I spoke more Spanish during the day than English. Oh, I, yes, right. You you built your business on swimming pools. That was what you built your business on. Yeah, I've, I've dug a lot of holes in people's backyards. <laughs> there we go. The only, like treasures, the only treasures I've ever found out of thousands of those have been mostly pets that were buried there with people forgot. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's that can't be a good I thing. Open the show with that, but yeah, no, that. Oh my God! Oh my God! So yes, um, but no, that. So I get it. So you actually speak Spanish, and and you understand something, which is which is funny. You actually understand the immigrant worker. You understand the immigrant, right? The, who has come to even build a business or the worker and the farmers who also deal with a lot of immigrant workers and people who speak English as a second language. This has got to be an advantage for you, no? Sure. And and so many of those Central Valley farmers, they've got workers that have been there 20, 30 years, the second and third generations. And, and they don't dare lay them off right now because there is such a shortage of, of workers and such, they won't get them back. It's funny. Solomon says... Uh, that's me right there. Came to follow my American dream. There we go. Yes, absolutely. And now Laura says California's excise gas tank will increase again to 51.1 cents per gallon on July 1st. Ouch. Did I lose Jeff? Hold on. Let me see if I can get him back in. I think I lost Jeff. Jeff, if you can hear me, um, you can come back in. Come out and then come back in, right? Come out and then come back in. I'll talk for a bit. You come out and then come back in. All right. So, yeah, I I think that what you're seeing right now with Jeff is someone who can go into a big state like this, but a libertarian who has actually held office, understands how things actually work, and can now go back and forth with real policy. And what often we fail as libertarians is in the policy piece, right? This very often is a problem with policy, right? We we understand the rhetoric and we understand the ideology very well, but then how do you find ways of navigating the system that is a system full of bureaucracy and still are able to make sure that you can be libertarian? You can actually make, you know, real change without having to just go, well, get government out of it. Not like that, right? That's what I what I really want us to be able to do a whole lot better. And I think Jeff is a good example of this, which is why I'm having on the show. You guys know that usually I, I don't have libertarians on the show. I usually have non-libertarians on the show, but I'm making a big exception for him because I really want you all to see how 
someone can possibly win. By the way, this is a recall election, which means everyone's going to be voting on him, right? They're all voting to get rid of, of Gavin Newsom. And if they get rid of him, then whoever gets the most votes is the governor. That was Otto Schwarzenegger. This worked before. Schwarzenegger was in theory. I mean, he was the nobody, but he wasn't a political guy. He was just a popular actor. And boom, he's governor of California. Well, Jeff's popular. Not as much as Schwarzenegger, obviously. But he's actually someone who's known in Southern California, who's made changes, who understands how things work. And there we go. He has an actual chance of actually winning this thing. Let me grab a couple comments, if I could. Torrance says, Larry, you're a natural showrunner. Can't wait for your late night show. This isn't my late night show, Torrance. Uh, it's kind of early, huh? I'm an old man. For me, this is late, I guess. But yeah, so maybe we will have um, eventually a, uh, a a late night show. That would be kind of fun. I, I, w- I would enjoy that. We could probably do that one of these days. That would be great. So um, keep going here. Um, I just got a, a note, by the way, uh, for for you guys. This is brilliant, by the way. Why did all of a sudden uh, Jeff have to leave? Power went out. <laughs> yes, the power went out in California. Isn't that what got Jerry Brown thrown out when the brownouts came through? This is a very good sign, guys. This is a super good sign. The fact that the power went out, and that's why he left. Let's hope the power comes back soon. But I love the idea that that's the reason, right? That's the reason why. Chris says, thank you, Jeff, for running and talking about our state's unfunded liabilities. Chris, also Californian. Defined contribution versus defined benefit is the conversation that needs to be had around public sector pensions. Chris, no one's having that. I try to have it here in New York State, and we don't seem to care. We don't seem to care about that. We seem to go, well... Pensions are pensions. Who cares, right? So, yeah, it's, it, you're totally right. Um, the lack of accountability of elected officials who make promises on behalf of taxpayers, knowing they won't, won't be in office when the physical reality sets in. This is a serious problem that we have constantly. Uh, totally correct. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Durham, how are you, brother? Justin. Um, hey, Larry and Jeff, I'm enjoying your conversation. Also, I shared this video link to my Facebook timeline. Guys, thank you. If you could, you know, I would appreciate that. Thank you for bringing that up. If, if Guys, please like, comment, share. This stuff does matter tremendously. It is important for you to do that. And of course, you know my sponsors. I bring this up all the time. Please follow my sponsors. Head on over to the world's smallest political quiz. The link is right there. And click on that link. Take the world's smallest political quiz, and once you take it, then um, share it. It makes everybody happy. Um, it makes everybody uh, want to. If you start doing this, then my sponsors are happy, and I can keep doing this show, and you don't have to support me financially yourself at all. However, if you want to, you can. I Every little bit goes to my team to keep building up my team. It is patreon.com slash sharpway. $10, $25, whatever you can give to move this forward so I can keep doing this. I hope you guys are seeing the value in this. And if you want to see more about Jeff Hewitt, hewitt4ca.com, you get more information on him. He will be coming back, by the way. So hold tight. 
I'm going to grab some more comments while I'm here, and then we'll move on to that. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, claro que sí. Thank you. Robert speaks Spanish also. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yes. So if I can keep going here. He says, how do you feel about raising sales taxes uh, as an in instead of raising um, income taxes? Oh, this is for Michelle. This is for somebody else. Sorry, guys. I got in the wrong one. Yes. Let me, let me, uh, let me pass. Let me get past that one here. All right. Um, Jericho says, forgive me if it's been asked already. I'm late to the show. There has been a push to pass a Medicare for all healthcare plan in California. By the way, Jericho, there's one also in New York state. So we're looking for it in New York state too. It is definitely a problem. Absolutely. It's an issue, right? And people are scared. So let me get Jeff back in here and then he can answer that question himself. Jeff, how are you, sir? Hey. Sorry about that. You know, the thing that got Gray Davis was, a, was those rolling blackouts. I so, literally uh, brought that up. <laughs> like I yes. say, like I say uh, Governor Newsom is going to have some issues at the end of this uh, summertime. And that's why I think he's going to be right for, for losing that, that election. Absolutely. Well, I, I have a tough question um, from Jericho. People are popping up questions now. I was grabbing a couple of them. She's talking about the Medicare for all health care plan that's trying to be pushed right now in California. And I know we have that same thing happening right now in New York. They're trying to find a Medicare for all in New York. Actually, I think the one in New York is going to be single payer, meaning there'll be no insurance companies like they're trying to go totally all out, similar to what Vermont did and failed. So but she mentions a great resource in California health care, maybe Dr. Z. He's a huge proponent of value-based health, model direct, direct primary care, and he hates Newsom. So do you have any view on this Medicare for all concept? Yeah, I do. And, and, and my take on, on, on health care, period, is that we do everything just exactly wrong with that. Mm. Um, in my health care plan, uh, the, believe it or not, the three things that drive it up so expensive are three of the most difficult uh, forces to fight, and that's the AMA. The mm. A and, uh, and 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 the big healthcare companies. Um, Got it. I won't even get into big pharma right now, but um, but but with my plan, the problem is I I did apply to medical school back in 1985, and there were 4,000 applicants for every 100 spots. Um, the American, wow, is that true? Oh yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so the American Medical Association maintains the number of doctors. So no matter. You know, you'll never have enough doctors. So every doctor has plenty of work. They're always going to keep the prices up. And and so uh, you bring in more doctors. Or, let, let me tell you, I, I would have made a fine doctor. And there's sure, sure a lot of others would have too. But you should get all these good doctors and then let the wheat separate from the shape, so to speak. You know, right. And the ABA, you know, lawyers love it because for every doctor, there's two or three lawyers that make their money off of them. And um, yes. tort reform, because I'll tell you right now the way it is is that good doctors do everything by the book and they still get sued because the family doesn't like the outcome. And yep. so a hospital or something will settle. Let's just say, hey, it's too expensive to, 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 to defend this or whatever. So it makes good doctors become very, very defensive doctors. And that's not necessarily the best for their patients. And then bad doctors, they screw up. They come in, they pay their, um, you know, <laughs> and they just keep going somewhere else. Like yep. a bad teacher, you just get sent to another hospital or whatever. So That's so, a tough one for you to pit tort reform. A lot of people won't touch that. Well, 
Well, because Congress is made up of 80% lawyers or something. I don't know if it's that high now, but that's it it's is. probably 95%. What are you oh, kidding me? 80? Oh, yeah. oh my God. And then, yes. and, then, and then when you have everything done under an insurance policy, an insurance policy to make money, their actuaries look at the worst case scenario on everything, then add their profit. So you got people going in for a physical. If they just paid for it, it'd be 20 or $25. It's really costing them a hundred or 150 by the time you add on all the extra costs. But my, but my program, the fourth, fourth part of this is probably the most uh, non-libertarian. And I, I, I'm sorry if libertarians hate me for this, but I don't think any human, I mean, any American wants to watch somebody die on the steps of a clinic or a hospital. Yep, because they can't afford life-saving measures, and um, and and I would I would have it set up so most people in the healthcare industry could go down and work at a a a little clinic or something in 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 the poor part of town or whatever, and and first stipend one one day out of three weeks or whatever else like that, and then nobody there would be no um, elective surgery or anything like that. This would all be nobody's going to die in our country, not on our watch. Mm. But this way. You have most people using the free market, getting my 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 healthcare uh, actual program has the best medical care for the most people for the least amount of money, and uh, so that's, that's win win win. Yes, yes. So so believe it or not, as governor, um, I could get a lot of that done. I love that. I love that. Rachel says the GOP candidates based. Bases are eating their own. Jeff isn't only in a pristine spot to win. He's the only one of the candidates other than Gavin who's actually in government. Ooh, I like that. Look at that. that so that, I was talking about the this this recall, right? And the recall I was bringing up is if I get how this works, it's they vote to, to, to decide if Gavin Newsom is removed and then whoever has the most votes becomes governor. Is that how that works? Okay, so yeah, it, it, there's two questions. It's going to be on one ballot. There's not a primary. There's just a one-time deal. There is two questions. The first question goes: Do you believe Governor Gassum, uh, Gavin Newsom should be recalled? And you'll either put a yes or a no. If, okay. but but whether you know, nobody's going to know the answer to that question. How many people said it? So they're going to go ahead. The second question that says: Should he be recalled? Who would you vote for to replace him? So there's probably going to be at least 100 candidates back in 2003, the recall where Arnold Schwarzenegger won. There were like 135 candidates, whatever. So most of them will not get any amount. Three people got 97% of the vote last time. There'll probably be four or five of us that get, you know, a a measurable amount of vote. And, uh, And the thing is, is that you could win technically with 15 or 20% of the vote. I think I think it's going to take at least 35 percent, 32 to 38 percent will probably win. And then your governor for a year. Remember, this is only going to fill out the rest of his first term. Mm-hmm. But then once you're in there, what you sh- show that can be done with with prudent uh, stewardship of people's money and everything else, then you're going to be in the driver's seat to get another four years and see what you can really do. I, 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 I I'm going to push this. And I'll tell you what, anything between 35 and up to 50 or more percent, that becomes more and more of a mandate. And that's what people say. How could you as a libertarian deal with a legislature that's made up of, you know, super majorities of Democrats in both houses, but also the other ones about the one fourth are are Republicans. 
Right. And I'll tell you what, if, if, if I can win this and I can win it with a, a really large amount, that's a mandate. They all know that if they're going to keep their seats, they're going to have to go along with what the people wanted with getting a libertarian in there to bring, bring this state back together and, and have it heal after this contentious, contentious pandemic. So, so let me move on to another thing that you talked about. And someone else asked the question too. One of the things you brought up, you brought up earlier was the idea of education. You said water, housing, and education. Those are kind of like your three big ones along with the pension, which by the way, Chris brought up earlier. He just loved it that you mentioned the pensions. No one does. So tell me about innovation and education. How does that work? So, so innovation and education right now we have a, an age, educational uh, setup where our public schools are run basically by big teachers unions. They tell them what they're going to do with all this. And they're very, very expensive. There's a whole lot of administrative positions and everything. It's, it's extremely uh, unwieldy, large, expensive, and the outcomes are not very good. We don't mm. measure up very well to other industrialized nations. Okay. So what happens is, is that people can't that can't afford to send their kids to private schools because remember when you go to private schools you got to pay twice you still are right. paying all your taxes to send everybody else's but you're not getting the benefit of that you're spending extra to send your kid but what's happening is we need school choice and the way to do that we've talked about vouchers for years but there's a way even better than vouchers it's called okay. educational savings accounts and what happens is right now the state puts in about twelve thousand. $400 per kid per year. That's the state's portion. There's even more that comes from the federal government. But in my plan, each parent gets that amount per kid per year. And it goes in an account that can only be used for education. Now, if they don't use it that year, they get to keep it. It builds up. Mm. In other words, if you've got parents that are really good and they want to homeschool their kids and they got a program that's great and they can, you know, then they get to keep that money. It's it's their money anyway, and 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 then they can go ahead and send their uh, kids to, to to trade school or to to a university or something if they they feel that that's the right. But what this does is it gives those mothers in uh, South Central LA a fighting chance to get that same good education as those kids from Bel Air, you know. And and you, wow, yeah, that's a good point. No, no, and and so I think that parents know what's better for their kids than some bureaucrat sitting in some fancy office. I really do. And yeah. I want to give that to them. What it'll do is the good public schools will thrive. Sure. Bad public schools will go out of business. They'll be replaced by a lot of new, um, new charter schools, new, you know, uh, experimental type schools. I mean, and, and, and we're going into an age where we may see people going to Mars fairly soon, not just the moon. Yeah, but, absolutely. But you know, we're going to have drones carrying us around. They're already bringing our groceries and stuff. So going into this, we will have schools that cater to the way we're going and, and still teach us some of those old, um, you don't need to teach a slide rule or an abacus, <laughs> but I'm just saying right. we want kids that are well balanced so that if everything does break down, they don't all just die because they don't know what to do. So, you know, <laughs> I agree. Yes, I agree. That's up yes. to the parents. That's up to the parents. And, and myself as governor, I want to let all those parents, their hard-earned money that we're taking away from them in the form of taxes, they choose that. And then also it makes it competitive. We get the best teachers. The bad teachers, are yeah. they don't stick around because they won't have a job. I like that. So, guys, if you like what he's saying, head on over to Hewitt. That's two T's. 
for the number four ca.com and see what he's doing. His policies there, who he is, is there. Details are all there. The link's right there in the description. Just click it and check it. Please do it. check him out. If you live in California, why wouldn't you be supporting him? If you can throw him some money, if you want to support him, throw him some cash if you want to. It's a good idea. Donation. Click that button. Donate. Give what you can give. Right. By the way, what's the maximum they can give in in your race? The maximum from a single donor is thirty two thousand four hundred dollars. All right. So, so Tom, you were about to give thirty four thousand. You can't give them thirty four thousand, Tom. I know you were gonna just give them thirty two thousand. All right. Just do that instead. That's all. But, so but, do that. But our but our um, campaign is really starting to get going. We're going to we're coming out with a uh, with an ad that we've been working on. It's just it's just about finished. Um, and it's, people are going to start seeing me more and more. And I, I love the fact that I'm coming on to my favorite radio show right here. Um, actually you're more than yes. a radio show because we're, we're just being on Fox. So look at this. This is great. See? And well, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're on, you're on, uh, the equivalent of cable news, libertarian cable news. That's you. I love it. Did you That's tell awesome. us Larry that we're twins? We are. We actually, people don't right. know this. We actually share a birthday. We're fraternal twins. Yes, we actually both are born July twelfth. That is absolutely true. Yes, we, bo- we actually share a birthday. That's true. That's that's not a joke. Yeah, absolutely accurate. But guys, if you want to help him out, do that. And, and if you don't live in California, you can still help him out either with financially advance appropriate, or he needs people to help him out, like by liking and commenting and sharing his stuff and providing memes and and all those things. Phone banking, lots of things we can do. So Tom says, I love when libertarians push for school choice. Well done. There we go. And and this is a very winnable race. That is a winnable race. It, it, at the stage I'm at in my life, I don't run for races I can't win. And this will change everything. It, can you imagine having a libertarian governor? Oh my god. This yes. changes this changes the the narrative for the rest of the nation. And if, but if mostly, you win this thing, Jeff, to be forward, if you win this thing, you will change the entire nation literally overnight. That's not a joke. You will change the nation literally overnight. That's how big this is. I agree 100%. And we have a, we have a chance to be part of history. And remember, look, yes. at it, I'm just the guy that gets up there, the pretty face, pun intended, um, to, to actually, no, and, and look, at it's my libertarian core that, that makes me who I am. And, and I'll tell you what, when you when you out there want to get involved with this kind of stuff and get involved, um, call us up too because we need more elected libertarians. We need them starting out in local offices. Uh, yes, amazing what you can change just being part of a, a special district or a school board or something like that. Absolutely. So um, let's do this, but uh, let's make this historic. And uh, I've, I've got some. I, I know on day one I can get a lot of stuff done. That's absolutely vision that allows us to. Uh, Totally redirect California in a great way for prosperity going forward. Absolutely. Paula says this would be bigger than when Reagan won the governor's office. I agree completely. It would be bigger. Yes. Uh, Josh says, got family in Monterey. I'll be sure they hear about you. There we go. I like that. I love that. Yes. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Libertarian Kim says, we need more like you two. That's awesome. Richard says, California homeschooling parent here. Totally agree. Your approach on education is sorely needed. There we go. We are rocking and rolling. This is good stuff. I love this. Uh, Wade says, a libertarian with a long-term plan. Refreshing. Instant fan of Jeff Hewitt. You are killing it, Jeff. I love it. So, well, let me let me ask you before we wrap this up. 
Is there something that I didn't bring up, something that you would like to bring up or talk about, something that I might have missed? Well, um, you know, this, like I say, the governor, when when he first came out, I wasn't going to run in the recall. I mean, I have a job here with the county. I, I've, I really enjoy this job. Um, I'm getting a lot of good things done, not only in pensions here. Oh, hold on. All- I got to cut you off for a second. I got somebody right now telling me trying to donate link isn't working. So if you if I'll your team is listening, summer. yep. Yeah, if your team's listening, people are trying to give money. So you should okay. fix it if your team. Yes. So keep going now. You were saying you weren't going to run in this. And and I'll tell you what, it was um when I was in that first 3 months when uh vaccines were so much in demand and there were so many people especially the elderly that that wanted them. And again, look at I'm all for that being your choice, not only school choice, but if you feel like the vaccine's right for you, then take it. If you don't yep. think it's right for you, don't let anybody force it on you. However, Absolutely. Um, such a demand. And uh, when I found, I, I asked my public health director about three months into it, I said, you know, just, by the way, are we getting our fair share? You know, cause it just seems like there's such a demand. Mm-hmm. And she checked it out and uh, San Bernardino County next door and my County Riverside County, we're getting 80% less per capita than these other counties Whoa. around. And then I realized that the governor hated San Bernardino County because they did a lawsuit against them to have more local control on how their shutdowns were and everything. And then, of course, I've been uh, very vocal about coming out, out against his tiered shutdown, ridiculous stuff, as early as May of last year. And I couldn't. Yeah, get yeah that's what you were talking about with the vaccines for votes. You were saying they're actually punishing people who weren't on board. That oh, sounds oh, terrible. Well, but, but, but they were punishing me and not sending the vaccines that were yes. demanded by the people who want to take them. And wow. uh, when I found that out, I told my, uh, I, I, I told my public health director, I said, no, you got to find out what kind of, and, and he made up some crazy rule, but we got them at least caught up. But that's when I realized this guy's a criminal. This guy's a criminal. Mm. He's favorites with people's lives and, and that can't go on. So um, that's when I decided. Well, that was your whole point about you being upset about the, the, the way he decided what was non-essential and essential businesses. Yeah. Yeah. No, look at he, okay. He's, he is smart enough not to shut down liquor stores and dispensaries for marijuana, because if you're going to (laughs) lock people inside, at least keep them happy. Right. And he got a three million, I'm not making this up. He got a $3 million donation from the CEO of Netflix. Is that right? Oh no, I'm not making this up. So (laughs) I think Netflix underpaid him. Can you imagine what they made (laughs) in your house and all you can do is watch movies? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. He destroyed so many lives. He destroyed so many lives and livelihoods. Um, the schools probably should have never been shut down. Uh, believe it or not, uh, closing businesses probably didn't stop anybody from dying or not. Most of the spread was at home or at the grocery right. store, you know, and people took off, you know, and and, and the mask debate, all of that. Uh, one side got power and they wielded it and he got drunk on power. And I'm sorry, uh, we can't go on with that. We can't take him for another year he's done all kinds of oh he found out this is coming out today that he screwed up and when he put his name in for this recall uh, a law that he changed last year to make it so that you could put your political uh, affiliation on if you're getting recalled you know he changed that law it used to be that you couldn't 
but he forgot to put it on there. Now he's suing his own secretary of state that he appointed. Wow. So that he can put it on there just in case the people, you know, hey, I'm a wow. Democrat. This is mostly a Democratic state. It is that wow. crazy. It is that crazy out here. Wow. Well, I just want to make sure I just checked the uh, my team just checked the uh, donation link. It is working now. So okay. please head on back over there. Hewitt4CA.com. Uh, I know, Lindsley, you were talking about uh, donating. Go ahead over there right now. Check it out. It is working. If you guys want to support us, man, please do that. It does matter. It's important. This is a big deal, guys. It is such a big deal. Uh, I love what's going on. Jeff, I cannot tell you how happy I am that we're we're talking. I'm glad you came on so, so much. I'm so happy that you came on. Um, someone just said, "Hold on, do you have a do you have a um, a um, debate tomorrow?" Uh, we we will be up in Sacramento. There, it's actually a forum. It's a little bit less, you know, antagonistic than a debate. But I will okay. be there with uh, uh, John Cox, the, the guy that has the bear that ran against uh, the governor in 2018. And then also Doug Osi, uh, he's he's a retired congressman uh, that's been out of office for a while, but he's also running this. So there yeah, we go. Great. Yeah. People get a chance to see, you know, how I like, I, like I say, I'm the only one actually in elected office right now. of, of the Absolutely. Series. And uh, by the way, my county has over 20,000 employees and nearly a seven billion dollar annual budget. I'm not wow. going to be, uh, you know, a few more zeros is not going to not do the <laughs> fundamentals of governing are the same. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Kelly says this is the biggest election in the country this year. And Chris says, see you in Sacramento. He's going to come by and say hi. All right. Look forward I to love seeing that. Chris. All right, guys, everybody. Thank you so much for watching tonight. I appreciate it. Please check out Jeff. See what he's doing. Um, Jeff, thank you for coming on. Um, I will be uh, later on this evening, by the way, I will be on Clubhouse later on this evening about 930. I will also be back on tomorrow and I will see you all very soon.